This podcast is made for people like you. Thank you for being there. Welcome to the GMS Magazine podcast episode 426, a podcast about the people who make and the people who play tabletop board games and role-playing games. I am Paco Garcia, and in this episode I spoke with Mark Seifter and Dave Nelson about the recently created union for the Paizo workers. If you would like to participate or sponsor this podcast, or if you would like to send us your questions or comments, get in touch. You can email me on podcast at gmsmagazine.com or find me on Twitter. I am at gmsmagazine. And please, leave a review about the podcast in whatever platform you listen. It really helps a lot, and it means even more to me. Thank you. In this episode, as I said, I was talking about the Paizo Union because uh, I find it a very, very interesting event. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen to, to Paizo. We all hope that it's going to be very positive because it's a company that, despite everything that's been going on and has recently come to light, or not so recently if you've been paying attention, then, um, you know, we've all been taken aback and blinded and absolutely besotted with the products that they've been coming up. But also, we have been so with the people who've been working at Paizo because their passion and their dedication, it's uh, legendary. It genuinely is. So we all hope that the company is going to do an awful lot better. But I also know that unions are not very well regarded in the United States. They don't have the same kind of philosophy regarding unions that we have in Europe. So there is an awful lot of people who think that this is bad news. Personally, I don't think it's bad news at all. Uh, but unions are made of people and people are the ones who have to run it, which is why I was interested in talking to some members of the union and people who have been proactively involved in making sure that something like this is happening. Now, I could go on and on about why I think that this is an important thing to happen, but I think the interview will speak for itself, since we get some very interesting snippets of information as to how did it all start, what are the goals of the union, who are going to be allowed to join or not, as the case may be, and we even go a little bit into what we think might be the effects and the signs that this is working that we would like to see in the future. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Please do send me your comments. I would love to hear what you have to say. Thank you. Uh, Dave, Mark, uh, welcome to the show. This is incredibly exciting to, to have you two here because um, basically and literally you are within the first of its kind within the world of role-playing games, which is the creation of, of a union, um, in this case within Paizo itself which is absolutely wonderful. How, how are you two doing? I'm doing well. It's been a long month or two. I bet. Uh, but uh, 
with all of this news, I'm doing a lot better than if you had asked me two weeks ago. Good. Well, that, that's actually that's a very good starting point. So, okay, uh, before we go into uh, the, the ins and outs of what's going on and blah, 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 and loads of questions that people in Twitter and Facebook are asking me to ask you and some of my own, why are you here? I mean, wait a second, who are you? Because, um, uh, okay, I don't know any of you in Facebook or anything at all. So, <laughs> so I, I am the ignorant one of the trio. So, uh, Mark, uh, why are you here? What do you do with Impaiso? All right. So um, I'm Mark Seifter. I'm the design manager at Paizo, and I'm here for UPW, United Paizo Workers. So I am a member of the union, um, and that's why I'm here. Dave? Um, I'm Dave Nelson. I'm a frequent uh, freelancer for Paizo, um, and I was one of the freelancers who was part of the concerted efforts um, to encourage Paizo to voluntarily recognize the union. I am not part of UPW, though I do support them and uh, want them to succeed in everything that they're doing and trust them incredibly. Uh, but I'm not legally attached to Paizo in any way other than the contracts that I pick up to do and my association with them formally ends um, after I complete them as well until the next one. Okay, okay, uh, Mark. How long have you been at uh, at Paizo? What what what's your experience within the company? I I've worked at Paizo for seven and a half years. Okay. I came in starting as a designer, and now I'm a design manager. Which I still do all the designer stuff that I did before, but I also organize our schedule and other things like that. And um, now. When it comes to unions, mm -hmm. not everyone can join a union in the United States. Uh, it turns out that if you are a, um, a supervisor of other people, by certain legal definitions, you can't. Uh, it, it, even if some of the work that you do is on the kind of basic production, uh, Paizo determined that I did not count by like a very edge <laughs> um, situation on that. Um, and so, Therefore, I'm part of the union's bargaining group, and I have joined the union, although that was not um, immediately clear to me when the union was starting, and we hadn't been sure that that's what Paizo would, would go with, but I'm very happy to be in the union, given that I am eligible. Good. That's, that's very good, because otherwise it would be very difficult to ask you the questions that we have to ask you. So it's, 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 it's good that you are, you know, kind of the voice of the, of the Paizo Union. That's, that's absolutely excellent. Okay, let's, let's... I mean, there's a lot of different people oh, in the Paizo Union, and we, we work together. So I'm not... I am a voice of the wow. Paizo Union, but everyone, um, everyone speaks for our own experiences mm -hmm. and for um, our... Um, comrades working together with us in the union. Okay, now I, I, I was kind of joking that because, you know, for, for today, for this podcast and, and, and this video, you are kind of the, 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 the voice of what the union is, is represents and wants to do. So um, let's, let's start a little bit at the beginning. Um, I know very little about what it is to create an union or how much power a union has in the United States, because quite frankly, it's it's pretty fucked up from, from that point of view. So um, I can imagine that getting to the point of deciding we, we must have a union, there must have been an awful lot of stuff going on at the time. And I don't, I'm not particularly interested in 
all the horrific things that people claim has happened uh, or that have actually indeed happened in the past. But I would like to know, what was it like, the genesis of, of this union? What led to it? Okay, so I would say that even as far as several years back, like three years ago or more, there were people talking to me about, you know, like maybe we should form a union. Uh, it never got to it at that point. And um, at the point where I became a manager and it wasn't clear whether I qualified or not, like the amount that people talked to me decreased because of some of the legalities in the U.S. Uh, around that. For instance, in the U.S., you're not allowed to support a union as a manager um, because, well, there's not a law against it, but it could cause issues with like claims of voting tampering in the union vote. Mm -hmm. But once it is established, then you can support it, but you can't go against it. Okay. So it's been around for a while and the and not to get into any specifics, but the main reason it's been around for a while is that the pay is very low for uh, in just the tabletop RPG industry in general, it's not like Paizo is that much lower than most of the other ones. Only Wizards of the Coast pays a lot more, but it's in an area, the Seattle metro area, that is extremely expensive and is growing at an incredibly rapid mm -hmm. rate of cost. And so with the low pay, which right now, like an entry level position, even in the editorial department where I work that makes the books, which is higher than some of the other departments, is slightly below the living wage as calculated by MIT for the area. Slightly below. And living wage is not exactly like a very high amount. And you have to be pretty skilled to even qualify to get an editorial position at Paizo um, in general. And so add that to crunch. Uh, which is an incredibly hard workload. That's common in all of gaming. But in video gaming, it's sometimes it's like we have to meet this specific deadline, so we have this time of, like, ridiculous crunch for a mm -hmm. video game, right, and then it's over, and they may fire the team or whatever happens next. But at Paizo, it's a constant state of crunch. And it's kind of tied to the pay, too, because mm -hmm. if they had more money, they could hire more people or pay more or both. Um, but uh, the tabletop RPG industry in general doesn't have particularly high margins, uh, isn't an, a particularly lucrative industry. And the old joke is, how do you make a small fortune in the tabletop RPG industry? You start with a large fortune. Mm. Um, and so that is really what, um, like, just that feeling of being crunched, constantly working. It either means you have to work a bunch of extra hours and it's a mm. salaried position so you know you don't get overtime or anything for doing that you just have to do it or it means that sometimes you have to do a lot more work in the same number of hours in a way that like burns you out and burns mm. your brain and maybe leads to a result that's not as good but even if it does lead to a result that is of high quality that usually means that like you come out of it feeling like because you put like twice as much brain power per hour into it as you would normally do. So that that's what led to it happening kind of all over all over time. But then kind of eventually the recent events happened. We lost two of the most respected members of the customer service team. And um, honestly, I think 
part of what precipitated into a real action, like a big action and just forming the union, is something that Dave could speak to because before the union uh, officially stepped out and said, hey, uh, we'd like to be recognized, the freelancers took action first on behalf of us, not themselves. They weren't asking for more money for themselves. They were asking for help for us. So That, that, that is quite incredible because, I mean, Dave, as a freelance, you are in an incredibly precarious position because once your contract is over, the company could say, enough of this troublemaker, no more. Right. So for you to join and, and make that move, what was it like for you? I mean, what was going through your heads? So I can speak on a personal level um, when everything kind of um, came out and various um, accusations were leveled, some credible, some not. Um, a lot of them worried me very greatly. And at a personal level, um, I felt for the people who have been kind enough to give me work um, to help me in my career as an author. I've been freelancing for Paizo only since my first project was in early 2019. So I haven't even been working with the company um, cooperatively very long whatsoever. And um, Mark is one of the people who I think has helped me a great deal uh, become a better author and so many others uh, that he works with. And to hear that these were the conditions they needed to work under just absolutely broke my heart. And I started speaking with other freelancers and we had a big conversation about what can we do? And is it still ethical for us to continue writing for Paizo? Are we feeding in and enabling a system that is doing this to the people that we respect and care about? And we all sort of put our heads together and the determination that we made mostly as a group uh, was that we would uh, collectively stop working for Paizo and inform Paizo management, as, uh, and by which I mean the executives, as to why. And um, we wanted to try and give as much um, help to the developers and the staff at Paizo as we could as much ammunition for them to act in whatever way that they thought was best for the company because we don't we're not actually in paizo itself we hear things tangentially um through word of mouth and everything else but really the actual employees know best hmm. and we were just trying to give them as much capability to bargain as we possibly could and then when uh, the United Paisa workers came out and they said, we're forming a union. Um, every freelancer that was withholding work or saying that they were not going to continue working with Paizo said, we will retract that and start back working with Paizo immediately if the union is voluntarily recognized. And I think that that, from what I hear, that was a very important step and I'm glad that we were able to do that. That was a big deal. It definitely was. So from the end um, being at Paizo, so first there was the announcement from the freelancers of, you know, I don't feel like it's ethical to necessarily keep working on, with these conditions. Here's what we want. We're, we're going to be withholding work even 
work that's been contracted. And at first, even among the staff, like there was there was definitely some worry mm -hmm. uh, because there was big giant books um, that we were about to try to contract that we could start contracting. There were some big books that had work that was about to be due that was not going to be handed in. And um, fortunately, um, upon hearing that, uh, the executive who's in charge of the editorial team, Eric Mona, said to all the staff members, this is not on you. Do not worry about it. We will figure it out for um, that. So it could have been worse, right? Because it could have been like, okay, you have to find a way to work around this. But um, that helps calm down about half of the initial worry. And the other half of the worry was um, from staff who were honestly like, when the freelancers are saying it's not ethical, did they feel like uh, we, the, the the staff who brought them on, have like um, misled them mm. or betrayed them by having them work here? And within a day or two, quickly determined that was that second one was completely unfounded because the freelancers uh, Gen Con was starting and there were live panels. I was actually in the first one with uh, Leo uh, Glass and Michael Sayer. And the freelancers not only showed up to the panels en masse, but were extremely positive and supportive all the time and came pretty quickly clear that the freelancers loved and supported us and that, that is where it had been coming and we're not feeling like the staff members that, that had formed a bomb with them um, had done so in a problematic way. Um, and so then, um, like Dave said, it, it definitely, definitely, once the union uh, was announced, um, gave the union a lot of additional leverage towards being recognized. And that's because the freelancers, uh, like Dave said, made some requests that were based off of secondhand knowledge. It was still like, you know, more informed information than some other people who made, who made requests because it was based on a pretty tight connection to some of the other people at the company. but. A lot of those requests also re will require a lot of time to complete. Hmm. Um, and were, there, were, there were some very good requests on that list, but they require a lot of time to complete. And so by saying, you know what though, this is about faith that they will be completed. And by accepting the union that gives us the faith that so we'll start turning the words in now, it was kind of the best of both worlds because whichever of those things the union also wants to ask for, we can. And, um, we can ask for those things, but the words come in so that we can keep working on the books that would otherwise be delayed and then not come out and make the revenue that would pay the workers. So um, it actually was, was very effective. And as far as I could tell, it led to a situation where I thought that um, at least some of the executives wanted to recognize the union like pr pretty early on. I mean, they were still like checking with lawyers and getting everything worked out, but as far as I know, having a voluntary recognition by the company that um, happened in a week after it the union was announced is actually very fast and a very positive outcome. Half Price Books, which is a used bookstore in the in the area right near Paizo, um, also tried to form a union at about the same time, and now uh, their company is trying to bust the union and has put up like a big sign about like. We are going to force a vote, but first we're going to give you one-on-one -on -one meetings where we tell you not to do it and mm. why why it's bad and things like that. And that that is the other version of what could happen when there's a when there's a union. And Paizo chose 
And I think that the freelancers um, definitely helped create pressure towards that. But Paizo chose, no, we're going to voluntarily accept the union and work with the union. Uh, now, I, let, let me let me be a little bit cynical here for a second because the and I heard this somebody in 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 Twitter uh, about this and say literally, yeah, they did it voluntarily, but it's not like you gave them that much of a choice because if they hadn't recognized and the freelancer had actually walked away, I mean, Pizer would have been in very very serious trouble. They they probably would. They do have. They do have certain actions they could have tried to take at that point, mm -hmm. but those actions are generally pretty extreme and would likely generate bad PR uh, because, well, some of it involves persuasion, yeah. of trying to convince people, though you don't want a union, you wouldn't be good for you. It can also involve um, trying to change the composition of the company so that the, um, the vote would not pass. And a lot of those can lead to some, in in general, just it's it's just like a choices that are not nice mm -hmm. and are not in the spirit of good faith. Um, that, like ever, even since even before the union was recognized, um, you know, the the executives and the upper management has been coming to people in lower management like me and or other workers who you know do work and sometimes do a little bit of management and been saying we're going to make a good faith effort to fix this and uh, obviously those things take time so we haven't seen the results of that yet but if they started acting in bad faith that would definitely i mean you're right that would definitely have been bad for them in certain ways but they did have the option to try to okay. do that and they didn't and to some extent, I think there's a lot of different opinions out there. And um, some people are more hopeful. I try to be more optimistic because I've been a pessimist in my past. And it feels <laughs> bad. Um, some people are more pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And so even we're like, you know, yeah, I bet they won't recognize it. And it at least showed the most pessimistic people that that was not what was going to happen. So. Dave, how, how did you feel like from, from your point of view, from, from being a freelance for the company? Um, I'm so um, a couple things. Um, first of all, um, we as a freelancer unit, we didn't get every single freelancer in the room to talk about it, but it was a good portion. And um, it, there was a lot of trepidation among freelancers as well, um, kind of going in the opposite direction of what Mark says that the editorial team felt of we were concerned that our action was going to blow back and hurt the staff. Mm -hmm. And we were terrified of that. And we tried our best to confirm that that was not going to be the case, but ultimately we had to take a leap of faith. Um, also, not every freelancer was in a position where they could have withheld an active contract. And I want to make that very clear um, is a lot of uh, us freelancers do this part-time. We have other sources of income simply because it's just not feasible in the United States with the amount of work and everything we get in order for it to be a full-time job. Mm. Um, but some people are dependent on that income and could not halt their active projects. And very early, a determination we made when talking among freelancers was that there was nothing wrong with that and no judgment whatsoever, mm. that whoever could not withhold uh, an active contract or could not stop working uh, for Paizo and lose that income stream, 
that was what they needed to do and that they were certainly should. So, um, you know, the giant con streams were very helpful for us too, because we saw that we had done the right thing, which up until that point, we didn't have any proof of. Um, but now that all of this is resolved, I'm, I'm frankly quite happy uh, to make sure that the reins are handed over to Paizo staff and the union who are in the best position to know what they need. And we also established very clearly that we don't want Paizo to burn. We don't want it to fold up shop. We want it to continue succeeding, and this is how. Um, and we know very much that Paizo uh, workers are not going to make ridiculous demands and run the entire company into the ground. That's honestly silly because then they lose their paycheck. Um, they know what they can and cannot do, um, and they're going to act accordingly because at the end of the day, we trust these people, and that's why we did what we did in the first place. Um, that, that is something that I would like to talk uh, about and what is it that you want to achieve. But before going into that, uh, I'm interested in finding out how easy or difficult has it been to actually create the union. Uh, Mark, I know you told me that this has been going on and been spoken about for, for a number of, of years, but it has happened actually very, very quickly. Yeah. For people out there, and I bet that plenty are going to be watching you like hawks to, to see how these develop. Who People who would be interested and say, you know, maybe we should do this in the company. What has the process of creating the union been like? Well, I mean, if you're talking about like the very, very early steps um, that were formed by a few people, uh, I was not one of those people. So I don't know exactly what all of those first steps were. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like uh, you can always you can always go on to unitedpaizoworkers.org to find out more about the union or talk on Twitter to add Paizo workers or just try to get in contact um, with me and I can get you in contact with some of the people who did start things out without naming names mm -hmm. of, of who they are. If you wanted to start up your own union and you were looking in for that very nitty gritty details, but just for viewers who are like, so what what has to go on with this? Uh, the way unions are organized in um, in the U.S., you generally have a larger union that backs you up, but the union is made up of the actual people. So the union is not some faceless entity out there. Like Dave said, it's the Paizo staff. Mm -hmm. We love these products. That's part of why we've been willing to accept like pay that is not really um, is not really great to work on something we love, although we still want to have pay that can actually pay us to live to and to be able to like get a home and maybe have a retirement someday or a family. Um, but uh, when it comes to it, um, you have to have a larger union that's sort of you're a member of that union mm -hmm. and uh, I imagine that uh, a main benefit of that is that uh, everyone pays dues and the dues can be used to like help you make it through a strike, for example, if, if that happens. No one at uh, UPW wants a strike to happen. I mean, we want just want to negotiate and want to make things better for everyone. And we're not ca currently calling for a boycott or any kind of actions like that, but you pay dues so that you can 
get services such as going through a strike. And I imagine being part of a larger union means that, like, if your group is new and doesn't have as much of um, not much of cash right now and you need to strike or your group has needed to strike longer than expected, then you can call on support from the other unions. And then when they are in need, then then you support them, uh, things like that. You also join what's called a local, which is a chapter of um, the larger union. In, in Paizo's, um, UPW's case, the communications workers union is the unit we joined, CWA. And we're looking for a local. So it goes sort of the big top union, then the local, which is kind of like a group of local union working together, and then the separate union. So you have to get in touch with those people who also, by the way, once you've found your umbrella union, they really know about forming unions and can get you a lot of information. I know that they were a great resource to the people who who were in there from the very beginning and getting things set up. Um, you're going to need to be able to get people to sign union cards to um, confirm the union. And it might be forced to a vote if the company doesn't voluntarily recognize the union uh, in our case, that didn't happen. So people signed union cards, agreed to join the union. Um, after voluntary recognition or a successful vote, that's what happened for us. So mm -hmm. we're, we're moving into that phase. The next step for, for your union is going to be to do some bargaining. Like you don't form a union just to have it and do nothing. It's all about, it's all about just being able to have a voice that is a lot of people together. And so the upper management will listen to it because when one person goes to upper management with an opinion, they're not going to necessarily listen. And to, I mean, to be honest, like, I think my opinion is very well informed. But if I had an opinion and like five upper management people all were like, that's a bad like that. That's wrong in this situation based on our combined however many years of experience. Like, I can see why they wouldn't necessarily listen to me even if I think it's the right thing. But if all of the workers together are saying something, it is a stronger voice. It's more persuasive, even if it doesn't come with any kind of like, um, any kind of carrot or steak attached. And it's just like, listen, this is what we're, we all think. Mm. And, um, and so that's sort of one of the benefits and uh, the powers of forming the union. So the next step after recognition is to find negotiators and to, figure out um, basically going back and forth, trying to make a deal uh, between the union and company. And in US union law, that can keep going until either a deal is reached or at some point, if the, uh, the company can declare it to be stalled, at which point they revert back to the most recent offer. At that point, the union can say, hey, that most recent offer either like fine or they can say no that wasn't in good faith that wasn't something we could agree to and then go to a strike that is the most extreme outcome that can happen if if you kind of are at loggerheads for the negotiation but ultimately it just comes down to talking to each other working mm. together and hopefully coming up with a great solution that um well it's a compromise so you know they always say compromises are where everyone's not quite happy with the outcome but sometimes you can have a compromise where everyone is pretty happy with it and those can be situations like Paizo's where one of the problems other than the ones I told you already about workload and pay is kind of like communication and transparency are weak. Mm -hmm. So just even forming the union to strengthen communication and transparency, we might be able to find solutions that people are generally happy with 
just by talking and having the conversation. Uh, Dave, uh, from, from your point of view, what is it? I mean, firstly, are you as a freelance going to be able to join the union? No, I will not. Okay. Um, there's um, some discussion in multiple freelance circles about you know, what this means for us and uh, are we going to be investigating any of that? Um, there's already some thought, but we're not, excuse me, cat. Uh, but we're not uh, looking seriously at it. Um, right now, we're happy to be returning to work and we want to give um, United Paizo workers their due and um, their much deserved moment in the sun. Um, and, you know, as Mark has said, unionizing and everything else takes time, particularly when you think about freelancers, we're significantly more scattered. There's mm. a whole bunch more of us. Um, if we end up doing something, I don't think it would be for Paizo exclusive freelancers either. I think it would be something across almost the entire RPG industry, which is a monumental task that is not going to happen overnight and even almost definitely not within this next calendar year. Mm. Um, it's it's going to be a long time, and I um, I personally think that it's going to be a much much bigger task than what was achieved here. And I, I want to add to that mm -hmm. just like the fact that the freelancers are not protected by the union, and the union offers protections. Washington State, where um, Paizo is located, has the ability to fire someone at will. And since if you can just fire someone for no reason at will, of course, most companies do. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if you give someone a reason, right, they can argue that reason or even go to court on a reason. If you don't give someone a reason, they don't have anything any to argue. Yeah. Because you're just like, I did it at will. So you can't fire a union employee at will, which is a major protection. The freelancers don't have that protection and are not receiving any direct benefits. And this is just like to reinforce like the courage and just general um, selflessness of these freelancers because this was absolutely done on our behalf and with no protections uh, being offered to them against any kind of thing that could happen after that. And but so that's part of the reason we are deeply grateful for their courage uh, here. The biggest question I've been asked in this whole thing is, why would you do this if you're not getting anything out of it? Yes, I was. And I, every time I throw my hands up and I say, because it's the right thing to do, because I care about these people as colleagues, as individuals, as human beings. And at a personal level, I don't see how I could have done anything else and been able to sleep at night. Um, and that was all it was to me. Uh, writing is very important to me. I love contributing to Paizo. It's been something that I have wanted to do for a long time, and I put a lot of work into getting good enough to do so. And I got a tattoo to celebrate my first Paizo assignment. Um, it's, it's incredibly important to me. But if I would trade it all away for making a stand for something that's right, and I was prepared to do that. And I'm very glad that I didn't need to kill my entire career in order to do it. But it was something that I would have done without a second regret. 
Oh, but the thing is, even if you are not directly protect, protected by the union as, as a freelance, the fact is that if the union can give a better working condition for the person who is meant to be assigning the work to the freelance, then right. you're likely to, at the very least, have better working conditions, if not even a better pay, because the whole thing is safer. So yeah, it's kind of in everybody's I, interest. I mean, for, for, for a writer... It would be. It's more of a knock-on effect because you yeah. know freelancers are are at their home writing, and if uh, uh, if we're successful at the union, then um, so will we be at Paizo because we are hoping for an um, indefinite continuation of working from home for positions other than like warehouse ones that obviously <laughs> can't be working from home. Um, and in some cases, I mean, like you could say, well, you know, if the union is asking for more pay for um, for staff, maybe there is a there's like a limited pot in total. But um, I think that that's just part of the bond between the freelancers and workers because we've been pushing to raise freelance rates for a while, and um, freelance rates in the industry in general are not good. <laughs> but Paizo does now, especially with a few raises that we've been able to get the company to give to freelancers. And it's not co I, completely selfless for everyone since not being paid enough by Paizo means many Paizo editorial staff and non-editorial staff work for Paizo as freelancers as a second job to help make mm -hmm. ends meet over additional hours. So uh, any, any raises to the upper rate also go to us, but we've also been trying to raise the lower rate. It's only re it's really actually co close to Wizards of the Coast freelance rates. And in fact, our top paid freelancers are paid as much as like around the low range for Wizards of the Coast, which given that Wizards of the Coast salaries are about double for the people working there. Um, That's pretty about, huge. Maybe a little under double. Uh, our freelancers are, either, are relatively paid better. Now, that doesn't mean that our freelancers are paid enough because writers are in the industry are generally not. It does mean that you actually make more money freelancing for Paizo per hour by a by a pretty substantial amount, even if you took into account like insurance and other employee benefits. Um, obviously, it's not a safer career because, I'm, as Dave can attest, I'm sure you can't get an entire year's worth of 40-hour works weeks of freelance at a reliable pace and rate. As much as I've been trying to convince you to give me that amount of work uh, <laughs> since my first assignment, no, that is not a reliable thing to be Right. Okay, fair enough indeed. Um, I have a lot of questions from people who are asking me things in, in Twitter and, and Facebook. Uh, and I have Callum from, from the Released uh, podcast saying, um, what are the main advice lessons that that you would have for employees of all the companies to follow your example? Well, I think that um, we have a very special situation that they might not be able to follow exactly the roadmap that Paizo took. I'm glad that we've blazed this trail because the tabletop RPG industry has like, and even like um, some video game companies, right, have like stirred and tried to form unions and never really have made it up until this point. I know Cards Against Humanity did in mm -hmm. terms of the um, like the board game and card game companies, but um, we had a very special situation where uh, we had a precipitating event where um, we lost two very well-loved and well-respected members mm -hmm. of the customer service team who a lot of people in the community knew and the freelancers. 
even before the union spoke out uh, to announce ourselves, the freelancers were there already putting pressure on the company. Plus, we, uh, like, in the end, even with all those things, the executive team could have said no. So we had an executive team that eventually said yes voluntarily. So some other companies are not going to be able to have all of those factors. Another one is that um, we have people who have very high levels of expertise uh, that are necessary to get the crunch to happen. Mm -hmm. And the company knows that if people like me left, that they might need to replace those people with multiple new people to, to get things done. Um, that being said, uh, I would say that um, special circumstances aside, friendship and camaraderie between people who don't necessarily uh, have only monetary and financial interest to do so were very key in this case. The freelancers and the workers, but also the workers across departments, mm -hmm. right? Because um, Paizo could have tried to have separate unions that were for, you know, like this is a, the union with customer service that joins a more customer service focused union. Here's the union for the editorial staff that joins a more editorial union and could have gone on it separately and been like, well, each group wants to have each of their own things uh, because there are some differences in expectations in what kind of people can take some of the jobs but we all had a big shared experience and we really care about each other even across departments and across teams at paizo and it's so something that has been building and grown stronger over the time that i've been at the company as well because there were if for people out there who work in companies i think a lot of people know there's usually some teams that are like fiefdoms and they do their own thing and they may be trying to be like, no, um, this isn't our team's fault. It's that other team's fault that we work <laughs> with. But, and I'm not going to say Paizo has always been immune to that. And even when I started, there was a lot more of that, but teams have really been coming together and recognizing the shared experience and that there are many shared things that we all want. And that made the, that made UPW and the union, um, way more powerful than it would have been if it was um, fractured or split or people were um, holding on to like rancor and like oh no this is more about our team so i would say that you're more likely to be successful if you build those connections across teams and departments and that they pre-exist before the union and mm -hmm. you just have friendships that are throughout the company because that can help with the idea of yes i know that like like you know theoretically you could you could have like i said you or you could have the tech team split off right because tech is something that has a known value and it's usually pretty high hmm. and be like look we are paid less than other tech people are we're going to do this for us and who cares about the other teams but that's not what they did uh the tech team and the customer service and editorial and everyone are together saying let's raise us all so if you can do that in your company, I think that's going to give you a leg up. It's not going to guarantee success for, for the reasons I said, but it's going to show that it's about what's right, like Dave said. And it's mm -hmm. not just about looking out for, you know, just yourself and the people who are working closest to you. Um, as you mentioned, there are some teams that have actually come together, which means that the union is going to have to have some goals that are going to benefit 
all the teams, uh, even though you may have some uh, goals specific for each team. What are the main goals that you have set up for the union in a short term? What, what, what's the priority of, of, of goals the that you want to achieve? Three main goals. Okay. Goal one is for better pay okay. uh, across the company. And that's got to include salary increases to match the cost of living here. Um, second, mm-hmm. and uh, in a way that might help with number one, if people uh, is securing a permanent remote work options okay. for any positions that can, which is pretty much most of them other than the warehouse and probably the tech team who have to go to servers and other computers that are actually there. Um, so that's helpful, not only because work from home removes commutes and is working very efficiently for Paizo, but it could ultimately, and I know there's some serious weird tax laws in Washington that try to discourage this by a lot, lead to people being able to move somewhere much cheaper than uh, this area and still work for Paizo. Because part of the problem is that that same salary that is under a living wage here, you could easily own a home in a variety of other places if you were there and not in this area. So um, that second one helps with the first one. And then the third is greater transparency about Mm -hmm. uh, the company's finances and long-term plans. And in the past, the company has actually been, in in some ways, actually very transparent compared to like the minimum expectation and having meetings that reveal um, like a bunch of different information, but they haven't done that in years and they keep putting it off and not really talking about anything uh, for quite a long time, which definitely leads to concern. And uh, when it comes to decision-making and planning, there's always been a pretty decent lack of transparency. Like mm. you could generally get a meeting with a decision maker without too much trouble and make your voice known. But then after that, like you don't know what's gonna happen. It probably won't. And you won't know whether that's cause they forgot or they talked about it and someone else said no, or they just didn't agree with you and didn't say it then or, or what have mm-hmm. you. It's just kind of, you have the meeting and who knows, or a decision happens and you're surprised like when we lost those two customer service uh members sarah marie and diego like nobody in the company pretty much knew that was going to happen the people who found out first were the ones who had a social media connection to uh the people who were gone and um were like oh yeah i saw that on twitter right (laughs) so that lack of transparency is something that is probably uh, one of the easiest things to remedy because those other two things, you know, they cost money and involve logistics, um, but will just make such a big difference because there's sometimes probably things that, oh, there is an explanation for this and it wasn't bad, but they maybe seem bad because you, you, you get them with no explanation. Obviously not losing two people, but some smaller things maybe that um, that rankle, but it's like, oh, if we knew what the reason was and we had communication ahead of time we could have explained why this was a problem or even just known it in advance and not been blindsided by it um dave uh, what about you what 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 would you like the union to actually help you as a freelance or the or actually the, the rest of the freelance if if you have spoken about this collectively yeah so uh collectively we haven't really spoken about it because our focus has been attempting to help them we have our own thoughts and opinions based on what we have of second third hand knowledge but ultimately we've really kind of 
there's some stuff we're hoping for um, that we don't think we can affect outside that we're hoping that um, the union would be able to uh, push. Um, all three of the things that Mark stated, I think, are great initiatives. Uh, one of the first things that, as I understand it, happens when unions enter negotiations with the company is they get to look at the company's books. So that's going to help a whole lot with the transparency. Um, and um, I just, I think on a personal level, one of the things that would help me is that the um, the more time that uh, if crunch gets alleviated and uh, staff has more time to look over uh, freelancer turn-ins, they have more time to provide feedback, mm -hmm. which for someone who's very nervous in nature, like myself, uh, it's incredibly helpful to have detailed feedback on things because a lot of the time as a freelancer, I will submit a piece and I won't know what got changed, what got cut, um, what got rewritten at all until the book is in stores and I read it myself. Um, and that can be anxiety inducing for sure. Um, and so giving more relaxed time within the schedule of the staff in order to communicate those things, which I know they've wanted to do for some time, mm -hmm. but it just hasn't been feasible because of their product schedule and all of the crunch. It, on a personal level, that would be wonderful for me. Um, I can't speak for the rest of the freelancers, but I, I know quite a few of them feel the same. Um, and it's, it's a little thing, but it's another thing of evidence of how um, the safety and security of staff trickles down to us in various ways we like working for people who like doing their job mm. and if we're interacting with people who are happy odds are they'll interact with us in a positive way and that makes our work that much better as well and dave you say it's a little thing but i can't emphasize enough how important that is because it's actually an endemic of a problem with crunch which is that not uh, freelancer feedback is one of the top on our list of this but a lot of things like that that are tasks that if you were playing a real-time strategy game or kind of like upgrading your town hall so it gives you more gold or resources that anyone who was actually trying to play a game or build an engine would do but that we've never had the resources to do that will pay off dividends and just make things better in the long run for everybody not even just the freelancers and i don't care if Dave is the only freelancer who thinks that uh, that he wants this more, although I'm sure many others do. All of the freelancers could use it because it's professional development that is being provided in a mutually beneficial way because the freelancers gain knowledge and skill from people who are experts on even some very fine-grained details that they now will learn. And we gain the ability to have that same freelancer, assuming that like many of our top freelancers um, and like Dave, that they're gonna analyze it carefully and apply it in the next work, that it's gonna be easier and take us less time later on, right? So it's like buying those upgrades in games that are just like you build all other things 10% faster or something like that um, in the future. That, but it's like being in a situation where the enemy is rushing you or something and you can't afford to buy those quality of life upgrades. Um, and as we all know, for, as gamers, that, that can be a frustrating situation, but it's also really good once you can because you go from being 
on the brink to like really improving things for everyone and you'll have freelancers who are stronger and more professional and more able to um i mean maybe not more professional is the wrong word for but that are like um more in the know about um some of the details of how to do things just the way we like it and um you're going to have tools and design guides that can be updated more that we you can't really do in crunch and it just winds up being even even better for the company in small ways like if you lose a major staff member there'll be documentation that can help you train the next staff member hmm. or they can be a freelancer who already learned from that person before that person left because there was more time for feedback as, uh, what kind of um, pushback, and this is a question that my friend Mark Carroll is asking me, what kind of pushback did you get from management? I know that the, the, the management has recognized the union voluntarily, but I can imagine there must have been an initial reaction to, to start with. What, was, what kind of pushback did you get from them? So I didn't see pushback and again i wasn't there in the first few days because i thought i was ineligible mm -hmm. but i also watched all the reactions anyway i was i was in support i couldn't openly say that because if it did come to a vote then that could be considered vote tampering but i watched as union hashtag unionized paizo rose to number five on all of twitter mm -hmm. um for a few so, minutes yeah. just after steve bannon refusing to testify people being angry at biden and two things about baseball <laughs> yes. and above an nfl number being retired batman george takei and national dessert day so um i watched that and i watched reactions and even as early as some of the very first few days i saw like executives favoriting posts on Twitter from the union, for example, um, and uh, or other things like that, uh, that seemed like that I mean, it wasn't an open statement of support. And yes, you should do the union, but there were in threads connected to the union. And I saw generally what gave me the sense that they were um, that the ones that I was most in contact with, at least, um, I felt like they wanted to say yes and they thought it would be a great deal to have a union in exchange for not having a freelancer work action of, of withholding um, the work. Mm -hmm. And so I, there actually wasn't really much in the way of, of, as you call it, pushback in terms of those reactions. I would say even, even the early signs to me, and they were vague and they were not direct, uh, and no one directly said this, but to me it felt like it was more of a, we don't know about unions. We've never been managers <laughs> dealing with unions. We need to talk to our lawyers and figure this out thing. Um, that's the vibe I got rather than a um, rather than a vibe of um, pushing back against the union. That's that, that, that's very interesting because it, it it very much contrasts with the experience that you were talking to me about uh, earlier regarding this half price book store that they've got a massive pushback yeah and and honestly the half price books um scenario is i i was afraid it was going to go in that direction mm -hmm. and a lot of us were prepared to continue withholding work and we were digging in for the long haul um the fact that it only took um Paizo a week to finish consulting their lawyers is amazing to mm. me because law is so complicated in the u.s um but uh, this this was huge, and um, the organizing that uh, the Paizo workers did, I think, has a lot to do with it too. Because by the time they announced their intent to unionize, they already had a supermajority. 
and it was almost a foregone conclusion that if it got pushed to a vote without excessive action um, of things that Mark was saying earlier, um, there was almost no way that the vote was not going to go through. So the option was Paizo could recognize the union anyway, or it could spend a lot of money that it probably doesn't have, because again, profit margins are very thin in this industry, uh, on anti-union lawyers and anti-union consultants and tactics, which um, would be silly. And I certainly hoped they would make not only the moral decision, but the tactical decision. And uh, from a very cynical point of view, I think Paizo can do great things in a marketing push by saying, we are the only unionized uh, tabletop RPG company in the United States. I, I agree. I, mean, I think it's a good I opportunity. Mean, it, it can be cynical, but I also mm -hmm. like to look at it this way, which is, yes, maybe they didn't have that much of a choice without doing something extreme, but ultimately they made the good choice. And right. my, my opinion is that we might as well recognize and give a thumbs up for doing a good thing, even if it was in a situation where there, there wasn't that much of an option. And we might as well give a thumbs down and shake our heads when people do a bad thing. Because if we don't give any credit for the times that it is a good thing, then um, it gets harder for it gets harder for people to see that we're looking to build something positive and we're looking to work together. Well, the other thing is to be to be completely fair, and I have absolutely no, um, you know, nothing, no, no axe to grind or anything at all. In fact, I, I have supported Paizo for years and years and years and years and years. Um, but the the fact is that if a Five we've got for us as customers over the last few years that Pines has always tried to do the right thing. You know, Pines has always been pretty good at inclusion, at diversity, at representation within games and adventures and everything. So that impression of Paizo wants to do the right thing, it still transpires by what you're commenting, Mark, regarding the, the management deciding, okay, you know what, yeah. We'll go for this. Uh, I'm sure they consider the, the ramifications and the possibilities of of pushing back and, and trying to stop it. But as you say, eventually they decided, and pretty quickly, let's let's go for it. Either because they had nothing to no no way to oppose this, or uh, because they thought, yeah, whatever. Let's they are right. Let's let's go for this. Okay, um, Ralph Mühlberger is asking me, what would you like to see from companies working with Paizo in terms of support for the union and, and, and you as the workers? That's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, so yeah. you're talking about partners, yep. um, Paizo's licensed partners. So I know that at, um, as of right now, uh, when it comes to like officially doing United Paizo Workers stuff, like this merch, that's from unitedpaizoworkers.org. Um, you can buy it there to support the union. All of those things are done through the union, not through Paizo and Paizo's partners. So uh, like obviously uh, like a statement of saying like we, we support United Paizo workers, that's something that, that anyone can do and that makes us happy to do that. But when it comes to monetizing or things like that, at this time, that is not something that uh, the union is, is looking for. Mm -hmm. That said, like, again, 
I speak for myself, and I'm, I'm a member of the union, but I, I'm, I know that there are people who are always figuring things out and things can change. But it, it's a fairly up-to-date information I received from someone else in the union that, like, in terms of right now, partners will not, for instance, be using this logo um, to, um, to advertise themselves and um, will not be, like, doing things like selling union merchandise and... Um, the ones who leverage the union and logo are are the union ourselves. That, that's that's not a bad point actually. I, I was wondering more if uh, for, I know that Ralph is asking because he runs a company called Ardent uh, Roleplay. I don't know if you've you've heard of it, uh, but they do augmented reality. Uh, absolutely incredible stuff. So he's the kind of company that works for Chaosium and, and creates three uh, D environments that people can uh, use. Uh, remotely or locally so i wonder if, if what, what he means is you know for a company like 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 ardent uh, pairs with other companies and, and matches you know what can they do what could what could a company like his or a company who works for you in terms of i don't know supplying paper for the books i'm just saying something off the top of my head because it's midnight and, and my brain is smashed uh, uh that kind of thing what kind of support as a company would you like to see that people who work for you would give you that would signal yeah we, we like working like this better okay so what kind of support would they give other than a statement of support yeah so i i don't actually know what is allowed and what the policy is on that but if okay. there is anyone who wants to um, try to figure that out you can get in touch with me or anyone else that you know to be in the union i'm not um we're not giving out names of people in the union right now uh, i think it's actually more okay now that the union has been recognized but it had been an earlier policy before the union was recognized not to do it and we haven't like officially rescinded that yet but i can try to um, get in touch with um with more people in the union and figure out um figure out more details than that but as far as i know right now it's more of a um like speak out about your support and and make it clear and less of a here are some concrete like product related things that you can do okay that, that's pretty good you know i'm going to suggest something not just to rough but to to everybody and is that take a look at the list of people within the company and within the freelancers who supported this and give them work I think that that would be a good way of saying, oh, yeah, absolutely. you know, of seeing something, something happening. If you want to help creators, you have to go to those creators. Uh, I didn't, I didn't answer that because I was thinking about things in terms of what can a partner company do mm -hmm. rather than what can an individual do. But um, I actually made a Twitter thread at Mark Seifter, just my first name and last name, uh, that was actually just during the beginning of all of this, around the time of the freelancer um, concerted work action where I talked about all the groups of people at Paizo, named everyone, and talked about the freelancers too. And after each group, I put like a, here's an exercise of something you can do if you have the mental spoons and bandwidth to do it, if you want to support those people. And for freelancers, exactly what you said. I said, look through your favorite books, see if there's the name of a freelancer who's often in there a lot, or check blogs that indicate what each freelancer wrote. Find out who you really like, and mm. then look for more things by that author. 
or check if they have a Patreon and things like that. That is a that is a very good thing that an individual can do um, in terms of freelancers. I have a list of that for like every team um, at Paizo on a way overly long Twitter. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, and my friend Beth Rimmel is saying, what do you recommend the general public do to signal to Paizo our ongoing support of the union. You've obviously mentioned about the, the T-shirt, but for people like myself, for instance, who are living in, in Spain and I'm not going to get a chance to getting a T-shirt, unfortunately, or a mug or anything, what can the general public do to, you know, yeah, to voice the support okay. for you? So first, I think that, that the T-shirt, somebody who was ordering it in Europe said that it is actually cheaper there because one of the places that was sending it was in Europe. So you, oh, might, okay. you might be able to. So you should check. I will. Um, they were. They said it was funny because their Paizo workers shirt had a lower shipping fee to them than buying something from Paizo because of, <laughs> of where it was made. Um, you should check it out. I'm not sure that's true in Spain or not because I think they were in a different country in the EU, the person okay. who said that. Um, but uh, that that's an aside though. Um, just in general, if you want to signal to management that you're in support of Paizo workers, I would say that there are a few things that you can do there. Um, you can send them an, an email or a message just saying, I'd like to tell you that I'm in support of United Paizo workers. Um, you could even do that while talking about something concrete that you were doing. You could say, for example, like, you know, I've been following Paizo and I've been a fan of some of your products, but now I have started a subscription of Paizo rulebooks and it's because I'm in support of United Paizo workers. Certainly the, the opposite, which was people who canceled their subscriptions and, and described that the reason why they did that um, is something that can, um, can be noticed as a metric um, but uh, that was like when when we lost the customer service uh, members. Uh, that's something that can be noticed and that uh, that could have an effect. Uh, as as workers, uh, we prefer it if, uh, in general, people are buying the products that are used to pay us. But mm -hmm. uh, that also uh, you can say like, this is why I did it. It's like I support the union. I support the fact that that you have voluntarily recognized the union and I've subscribed, but my, you know, my subscription is contingent on that. Um, so I think that could be, a, that could be a kind of message. It doesn't have to be a subscription, right? It could just be something else or you're like, you know, I've started a, I've started a campaign in, in Pathfinder second edition or in Starfinder or started a live stream. If, if someone likes doing live streams or just anything like that, just reach out, and tell the executives that that's what you've been doing. And uh, pretty much all of them, their email is their first name dot last name at paiza.com, right? So okay. you can you can reach them pretty easily by by going and talk to them and send that and say and send something positive. And um, that'll show that there's a lot of people who are feeling positive now about um, about all of this. And it's a it's a I think it's always good to send positive messages because it's very easy to send negative messages. Hmm. Like our brains are wired to want to speak out when something's gone wrong that we don't like uh, because we want to get it changed. Hmm. Uh, but it's not easy to send positive messages. As creators, we need praise uh, of our work. So like also um, in general, to go back to your other question of what you can do, you can write reviews and 
give praise of work. Uh, it's one of the Please. things I mentioned on my thread. <laughs> uh, freelancers would love it. But um, when it comes to even the executives too, right? Like there are a lot of bad things that happened. And I'm not saying that, that um, there, there weren't people at Paizo who were responsible for it too. I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been negative feedback. There should. But after they got negative feedback, getting positive feedback mm. is gonna feel is gonna feel good, right? In their inbox, being like, "I am very supportive of the Paizo United Paizo workers. I'm happy you um, have voluntarily recognized them, and I'm doing this good thing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm subscribing. I'm gonna check out this new game. I'm buying these new books. That's like a a, a little light um, in that can be in their day, and that reminds them that the union is why." Um. Dave, I have a question for you. Um, what, what are going to be the things that you would see that would make you feel, yeah, this, this has been truly worth it? Uh, I already feel that it's been truly worth it. I, we, when we first did our concerted action, um, we did not have any assurances or any knowledge that uh, Paizo Union was in the works. So hearing that announcement alone made us feel like this had already been worth it, mm -hmm. um, especially when it became clear that part of the reason workers felt that they were in the position to do so was because of our work stoppage. Um, seeing it recognized is a huge step as well. Um, seeing a final contract that everybody uh, is happy with would be really kind of what seals the deal. Um, and to know that management continues to work in good faith and negotiate in good faith, um, because it's easy enough to recognize a union and then not interact with it appropriately and find ways to destroy it that way. Um, I see that actually in my day job. Um, but I, I personally am on the lookout for how negotiations go, and I know that they can take quite some time, mm -hmm. uh, again, from my day job experience. But um, if anything bad faith does end up occurring, I, on a personal level, am ready to use the one power that I have and stop work again. Um, and it's aside from drumming up voices on social media, those are really the only two powers that I have outside of the company itself. Um, but they're uh, tools that I'm willing to use. So I really hope it doesn't come to that. And mm -hmm. I don't think it will. But I do not feel that this is 100% done until there is a contract inked and signed and enforced. Fair enough, indeed. Um, I have to, to start wrapping wrapping up the um, the interview a little bit. I have um, a pretty important question. We haven't talked about the people who have um, criticized the union creation. Let, let's face it: in, specifically in the U.S., there is an awful lot of anti-union feeling, and even though the majority of people have been very supportive, there has been some people who have gone into the doom and gloom of, oh my God, the unions are going to destroy Paizo, um, which is like, you know, kind of not the point of a union at all. It's, it's quite ridiculous. But no. I, I can imagine those people very ready to say, you know, 
if the company goes bust, it's going to be your fault that the union went. What would you have to say to those people? Well, I mean, I understand why there are people like that. For one thing, that like there's there's definitely a lot of spin and PR on on every side in this company, and there's certainly a lot of corporate anti-union um, PR out there. For another, I've talked to people who just legitimately had a bad experience with unions hmm. because unions are made up of people, and people are complicated, and some people like make bad decisions. And some unions make bad decisions, right? Because they're made up of people. But Paizo, uh, UPW, United Paizo Workers, is made up of Paizo staff who are passionate about what we do. And we are passionate about each other. And uh, in many cases are like extremely talented in our fields um, and uh, have to make pretty tricky logistical decisions, not these exact decisions that the union is going to make, but in, in other uh, transferable skills and ways uh, on a uh, on a basis throughout our job. So uh, I would say that trust that the union is made up of people who care and who want to see Paizo succeed. And it's not like that when, they, like Dave said, right, the, uh, a company has to open the books to a union uh, to some extent. So if the company opens the books and it's like, okay, we have X amount of money that's even available, the union is not going to say, well, we want 20 times that much that hmm. is given to additional raises for everybody from the union or something like that, right? Like it's not, it's, the union is made up of reasonable people who want Paizo to succeed, who want to continue putting out great products and just want to do that while living a life and building to have a future. It's like I, I said at one time before the union, myself, when I was asked about this, and it's like, what, and, um, someone said to me, like, what is your goal though, Mark? What, what are you actually getting at this? When I was talking about these problems with pain, I said, like, my goal is not to leave Paizo my goal is to be able to stay at Paizo mm. and have a future because for a lot of time when I had started at the company every year when it came to the end of the year, I was like, I expected, I knew my starting pay was bad, but I thought it was going to have come with a lot of raises and that that's how it was going to work out. And that is not mm. how it worked out. I got zero raises several years. Um, and so every year I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I should be getting more than this. And then eventually I kind of got ground down to the point where I, was, I, I you know, I'd seen some of the finances. I was like, okay, you know, Paizo, I guess Paizo doesn't have enough money to, to do this. So I have to accept the fact that the first part, the first step, step one towards have a future is leave Paizo. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just want to be in the world where that is not step one towards having the future um, that you don't have to start by leave Paizo and get another job, but that you can stay at Paizo and have a future. Fair and enough. that's what people in the union want. Uh, they don't, we don't want to destroy Paizo. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to do negative things. We want to bring about positive change. And so if there is something that happens later, that's that, that, that seems negative, it might be for a lot of other factors as well. There is a global shipping crisis. Mm. Right, Paper I'm supply. sure people who are um, 
and that's affected board games as well as uh, tabletop RPGs. It's oh. huge. Yes. Containers are costing way more now. And they're, that's going to increase prices in a lot of things across the country. I am sure it will. I'm sure that some people who don't like unions are going to be like, well, the, uh, this is everything that happened is, is based on the unions, even if the global shipping prices caused some of it too, right? And you're right. But I hope that anyone who is watching this, even if you don't like unions, understands that uh, UPW is trying to make things better, is trying to understand those other factors and to take them into account when making requests in a way that will help the company because if you have workers who have good mental health and are not being burned out and who are having time to train up freelancers and do things that increase productivity actually can help the company in the long term and that is something that i wanted to ask you about let's assume that you know the union works that you reach a good agreement for everyone and all workers are happier and all freelancers are better paid and safer in in their commissions what what is the company going to be like then what are we going to see that will make us see that the company is doing better because of what the union is doing that's an interesting question because a lot of the 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 fact of the matter is that a lot of the not being burned out, having better, just better mental health and doing better financially is something that's kind of invisible to to customers, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because e even when things are really not doing well, I mean, it's not a typical thing that you're going to like, even if you have a convention or another place where you can meet the creators, their creators are not going to go to a panel and be like, Oh, my mental health is shot. I'm totally burned out. I'm so uh, unhappy and uh, our pain is bad uh, as the thing like in a panel to talk to fans about um, uh, the latest cool new releases. It's going to be about talking about how excited we are about that release, which we are legitimately are excited about, even if all those other things I just said are true. And so you see the sort of, it's just like with a lot of people, you always see the facade of... Um, things are going all right. You asked at the very beginning of the entire um, uh, interview, the, your first question was like, how are things going? And I said, uh, they're going well. And then Dave was like a little more honest and into it and is like, was saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, it could, you know, could have been better, but it's getting better. But it's just sort of culturally conditioned that we don't reveal things when they're negative out to other people. So I think it's going to be hard to tell. Okay. But that I think that the union has plays a part in that transparency because we're going to be able, the union has a blog on unitedpaisaworkers.org and be able to put out a blog saying like, hey, thanks to all of you and our efforts, um, you know, things are going better and union workers have maybe, you know, maybe we put out a poll or something like that internally in the union. And union workers think that things are going better by X amount based on that. Um, I don't know if there's going to actually be a poll. I'm making that up. But the point is, it is possible to send a blog or some kind of information indicating a thumbs up. Um, whereas before, without a union, it's not really easy to do that because you just have to have one person who speaks out on social media and it's like, I'm feeling better now. Things are really bad before. <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you? What do you think will be the visible signs that when the union is working that the company is doing better and the things are improving and the company is evolving? Well, Mark's right. It's 
not going to be very visible. Um, I think the the visible sign that you'll see that the union is working is that a contract has been agreed upon, mm-hmm. and that the company still exists, <laughs> and that uh, none of the workers are going on strike or calling for additional action. That's as easy as it is. That's exactly what a good union is supposed to look like to an outside person is no signs of exterior strife, but it doesn't have to prove that it's working beyond that in any way. And as Mark said, you know, from the outside, it's difficult to see what's going on. That's part of why so many of us, myself included, were shocked um, to hear some of the things that came out because we had an inkling, but we didn't know how bad it truly was um, and how much it was weighing on everyone. And um, so I don't think there's going to be much of a visible sign. Uh, lack of smoke is about all I can really say. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what? I'm going to predict something here because I'm, I, I am very good at predicting this sort of shit. I, I'm actually going to predict the company will be able to do well enough to be able to come out with even more product and, and branch out a little bit more. Because I reckon that one of the signs of health in, in a company, especially in an editorial company, is the fact that they can take risks and bring out new products that right now, because of the crunch, because of the lack of people, because of the lack of resources, they may not be able to look at and say, oh, okay, we can do this. Maybe we can we can start something like that. So I am going to say that... You know, you might be right. I, I reckon that that is going to be one of the signs that we say, yeah, Pice is doing well. They're, they're coming up with something new, with something different. Your prediction has a chicken and egg um, bit about it that I actually really like, mm-hmm. which is that, first of all, just like you said, if you're in a more stable place, you can try something different. But second of all, trying something different and succeeding is going to be necessary to make the situation better in terms of cash flow. It's, to be honest, something that people have been trying to say for a while and companies not to say like that the, the, the company has done something terribly wrong by saying no to this, because like you said, it's a risk. Mm-hmm. Companies in general default to being like to the status quo because the status quo keeps things as they are. And until they're convinced that the status quo is unacceptable, they're usually fine with the status quo as, as an entity, as a company together, right? And so there have been people, and uh, as you might expect, being on the design team, designers among them who are pushing for, we need to try something new. We need to try and take a risk. We need to do something else. Because if what you have is uh, tabletop RPG, even if you have two, right? You've got, they have additions and those additions have very known cycles Mm -hmm. that happen. And those cycles have some very positive times, but there are, there are times in those cycles that are not good for the company. And if that's what you do, then you're going to have times that are even worse than what it is like now, because we're not in a bad part of the cycle for the company. So um, I think you're right that you might see that, but also it might be chicken and the egg. It might be because you saw that, then they were able to get things into a better shape, or it could be because they got things into a better shape, then you could see that. Well, either way, I think that would be very positive, and I hope that we see that for 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 everyone, really. Um, guys, thank you uh, so so much. Um, congratulations on on the union, uh, Dave. Congratulations on the effort that, that you and the other freelancers have done, because that 
Um, I'm going to echo what Mark said. That is incredibly brave. And if that, that speaks incredibly highly of, of all of you. So so thank you very, very much indeed for, for doing that. And and I hope that what my friend Lee Patterson is saying, that we're hearing of a possible freelance union forming throughout the industry. I hope it becomes true if, I, if, if this works. I. I think it'll take some time again, but it's um, it's certainly a possibility. And I think that um, I really do hope that we come to a point where everyone in the U.S. can be unionized um, because it honestly just assists workers mm. as best it can. Um, and as Mark said, unionization is a tool. Uh, it depends on the people wielding it. Um, but certainly in the case of Paizo, um, if we didn't trust them to do the right thing, we wouldn't be working for them in the first place. Fair enough indeed. Good luck. I hope it goes incredibly well and we can get back together at some point in the next few months and talk about all the cool things that you're all achieving within Union and within the company. I hope so too. Thank you for listening. It is truly wonderful to have you there and I am genuinely appreciative for that. The GMS Magazine podcast is produced by Paco Garcia with assistance from Martin Reed and the amazing bunch of listeners all over the world. The theme tune is by Kev Atzet. Please, again, let me know what you think about the podcast by emailing me at podcast at gmsmagazine.com or say hi in our Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am at GMS Magazine. Thank you once more. And until the next time, game on.